Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome back, film fans. This is Beer Bourbon in a Movie. I'm Tawana. And I'm Vaughn. And we're two filmmaking cinephiles dedicated to the art of film, the taste of a good beverage, and everything in between. We're glad you're back, people. So grab a seat, film fans, beer drinkers, and bourbon lovers alike. This is episode 20. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right, film fans. Today we're going to be talking about Mute which is on Netflix, and also Red Sparrow. Tawana, what are we drinking today? Today, seeing as how we're back in Berlin... Always. For what? Maybe the third time? We've been time? living in Berlin this for a few whole, weeks now. Yeah, we've been in Berlin a while. Yeah. But anyway, since we're back in Berlin, um, I thought I'd do another uh, German heifer. This one's got a <laughs> You little, like your heifers, don't you? I love a good heifer. <laughs> just know that, fans. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Heifer's where I'm at. I'm just saying. Anyway. <laughs> but this time, I, I did a little twist on it, okay? Uh, brought to you by Erdinger. Uh, straight out of Germany. Uh, I'm doing a Dunkel. All right, nice, so I'm gonna do nice. their Dunkel, which is basically a dark wheat beer. So it's a dark heifer, basically. And they pretty much like carefully select their dark malts, and like they then they basically uh, roast them. It's like it, mm-hmm. it creates this sort of delicate aroma, roasting aroma, I guess. And um, it gives like Erdinger's like Dunkles and pretty much most Dunkles, but for this in this case, Erdinger's this really full bodied flavor and uh, strong character. I, it just has this like dark, like lustrous like appearance and taste, and it's very full full body to the taste. A lot of caramel, a little fresh bread. It's good. I like I like Dunkles. It's a little twist. It's kind of like if you ever had like. A Guinness, it's kind of like, it, it, it has that sort of multi-heavy taste. Um, but it's pretty good. Or like a, a like a like a red. A red would have that heavy multi-taste. But this is still within the wheat family. So if you okay. really like wheat beers, like Hefeweizens, like I do, and you want a little bit of a twist, but you still like a Hefe, have a Dunkel. It's, it's beautifully made. And most okay. German companies kill it. I got you. Please, please. What you have, Yvonne? Well, today I'm drinking a little bit of a Black Skimmer, which was recommended to us by uh, Moselle from Pompette. Moselle. Shout out to Moselle. Love you, Moselle. Uh, wines and Spirits. Um, what I love about this uh, Black Skimmer, which is very expensive, but by the way, is <laughs> it's 90 proof and well worth it because we're all feeling it right now. Yes. Um, it, it has a it's a blend of whiskeys yeah and bourbons but it's it's real cool because you get the the notes of like the the caramel the mm-hmm. vanilla mm-hmm. there's a little like a honeysuckle flavor to it so like nice. a, like a little honey blend but it's really good and it, it's really nice and and today I'm mixing it with uh, I'm making a, a whiskey sour whiskey sour and I'm gonna post that on our on our social media I was so just gonna say share. we'll put that we'll put the wrap up. Yes, absolutely. Under the show notes and on our um, on all our social media. Yeah, because the, the whiskey sour is banging right now. Yeah. We're all feeling it, and yes. it's just literally. Especially Vaughn. It's a little. 
and and Alex, by the way. Yeah, yeah. But bit. it's a little bit. It's you know, it's a little bit of lemon, and I made it. You know, I made it fresh. I didn't make. I don't use mixes. You did use fresh lemon yeah, and absolutely. orange. Absolutely, fresh lemon. I was mm-hmm. There's a little bit of orange slice. You came correct today. There is, yeah. uh, <laughs> you know, some simple syrup. Yeah. And I recommend you guys doing it fresh and not buying all those damn mixes because you you miss out on all the flavor. Yeah. But the the beauty of this drink is that it has all those those elements, those spices, and those flavors that you will in, enhance your drink. So. Go for it and, and enjoy it. And I think it speaks to the movies because for me, the two movies that we're talking about today had a little bit of the sweetness and the sour. Oh, yeah. That is a nice for little sure. play. Look at you do being all thematic. Absolutely. Loving it. You know. So as we start with Mute. Yes. We'll talk about the sweetness. Yes. So that leads us over to Mute. Mute is um Netflix flick. Yes. Um. Made by, uh, directed by Duncan Jones, which uh, if if any of you are sci-fi fans, you know Duncan from Moon with Sam Rockwell. Oh, yes. Um, also, uh, David Bowie's son. Nice. Yeah, he throws a little shout out to his dad at the end of Mute. Um, and the uh, cinematographer on this is uh, Gary Shaw, who did Moon Mute. He's a British cinematographer, so mm-hmm. a lot of his films I don't really know. Um, but it seems like he has a vast history of work, so check it out. I mean, I think if you see, if you've seen Moon and you watch Mute, I think you will agree. Uh, they're both good. But anyway, so Mute and is, I'll post some stuff on Facebook for Reddit, all our fans. Oh yeah, for sure. So Mute is about a mute bartender who goes up against the city's gangsters in an effort to find out what happened to his missing girlfriend. So um. What do you think? This this movie was very neo noir to me, and I know. Shout out to my professor uh, (laughs) Gillespie, who hates the word neo noir because he feels (laughs) like it's just noir, period. Mm -hmm. But I feel like this is a discussion because it was very much about the the driven, you know, outsider who was played by the main character. Alexander Skarsgård, who was sensational in this role. He He was an example of what an actor's supposed to be. He spoke maybe 10 words in this entire film. Five. In this entire film. But he carried this movie literally by facial expressions and his action. Because he was mute throughout. And it was fantastic. I've always liked this guy. I mean, he's done some great things. He comes from a family of really good. Absolutely, his father. You know, his brother. His brother too. So I mean, there's just so many. There's so many elements in his performance because, you know, it it just it speaks to what actors are really supposed to do. And if you can really just emote all this emotion and all this power without actually saying a word, that means you're an actor. And and he did it. And this, the the thing about this story, because he was, he was that tragic character. There was, there was a lot going on with him and his, his, his backstory, but in his trying to have a relationship with the femme fatale, who his girlfriend was, Was she she was the femme fatale because there was always this question of, is she is she somebody that's good for him or is she danger? Because she did so. have the element of danger in this whole thing. Yeah. Because she had a secret. Yeah. She had a secret and she was trying to the whole time. What was that secret going to be? Was it about 
who his daughter was. Was it his daughter? Yeah. What was the whole? There, there was something there, and throughout the story. As it began, it was about the secret that she was trying to tell him. And then the fact that she went missing, like, in the first half of the film. Yeah, pretty much. You know, she, there, there was just that element of mystique to her. And then there was that outside danger of, of uh, what's, the, what's the guy's name? Uh, Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd. And uh, Justin Thoreau. Justin Thoreau, who should not be married to Jennifer Aniston. He's too talented for her. But I'm gonna let him have that. But he was this movie. (laughs) This movie just surprised me in the fact that it was very futuristic. First of all, it was set in the future, in 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 Berlin, in a time where you had floating cars and and food was delivered to you by drones and so on and so forth. That was the best part. It was just oh, you would love that, Alex. It was just so flew into your house and delivered food on your technology sound. But, you know, I don't even know if it needed that. But it was just the fact that... I think it was because it was based in the future. As well. Yeah, but it, it, it worked in the fact that, you know, it, it added that other element to it. But there one scene that stood out to me was the library scene when he was doing research. Yeah. That looked like the NYU's library. Well, it does, it does look like... A, right. What's NYU called? Whatever the I library is. Both. But, but Oops. it looks exactly like that library. It looks library. just like NYU. And I love the lips. And it just kept, cuts. and he was just in different places yeah, and, and, and doing the research into what happened to his girlfriend and her past. And I think there was just some, some beautiful moments in this very silent film where, because they really could, the camera literally sat on his face. You know, so many times. And so then their relationship times. and how they communicate with his girlfriend during the time that she was around that, it was just so beautifully done, and just the cinematography of that just just spoke to me, and and I could really engage in the character because mm-hmm. I've I've watched because of this podcast and, and all of you guys, <laughs> I watched so many films over the last twenty episodes really that I think that it's like we're back in film school, right? It was just so good to see it in its purest form, and and some of the shots was just so beautiful, and I think that they spent time in it time with all the scenes to give us that that breathing room you know and and so it's like okay and even when there was very those moments with Paul Rudd even like when he was in the diner and he met that older lady yes and he was basically harassing her for looking over at him but there was just some moments because you don't really expect it from him but he really played that that honorary American yeah entitled yeah he really played that well and and just to, just to see because I really didn't expect that from him because we're used to seeing him in yeah. those Judd Apatow movies and yeah, even he's, kinda, the, he's funny low key guy right and even the the the, the Marvel shit that he's doing I think that but this one showed a different side of him in a way that okay he's this badass cigar smoking nut yeah. job from America ex 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 military all yeah. that and it was just it was a very interesting movie and I, and the reason we brought this movie to you is because. We wanted to, to let you guys know that there's there's so much stuff out there, so much content out there, yeah. and we found this on Netflix, and it's one of their newest arrivals yeah. because Netflix is doing their thing yeah, in the movie they've, world. They've got a few other things. That they're gonna see. show us that we don't always have to go sit in a the theater to watch a movie. I mean, there's something to be said about that, but yeah. you know, if you can't make it and you're not about that life, mm-hmm. you know, they've got a bunch of others. Yeah, and you know, they they surrounded this film with very talented. 
Very actors, writers, producers, producers and so on and so forth. But I, I think there was something to be said about that journey. And, and, you know, because he was he had his disability, he was able yes. to... Without limits. Right, he was able to... No limits is always the key. But he was always able to survive and function in this culture. And even though the Paul Rudd character always belittled him and, mm-hmm. and ridiculed him. He was, he was a functioning person mm-hmm. within this, within this film. And his, he had a relationship with this woman oh, yeah. that wasn't about his disability. It was about how she felt about him. And they mm-hmm. had some very strong connections. I'm not as familiar with the actress no, I don't really in this know role, her. but she did a great job up against these heavy hitters. You she know what I mean? So I was like, okay, I, I really enjoyed it, and, and you know what? What they, the the scene that struck me was how he always drank the water, and you know it was like a foreshadowing. Oh yeah, it was foreshadowing. It was very much a foreshadowing of what happens at the breathing. end. Right, and he just he just really, it, it just really struck me, and I didn't really think about it until the end of the film, and I'm not going to spoil it for people that yes, I want to no, watch don't it. Spoil it. But I just just the way he did it. There was there was so much to it, and the whole Amish community. Like we'd never see anything really about the Amish community in film much. Well, yeah, and I thought it was very interesting, and I I really would have liked that they would have if wished that they would have delved a little more into that. Mm -hmm. But I I liked the part about you know his past with his parents and how he was injured as a child, which made him lose his voice. Yes, but I wish they would have spent a little bit more time with it. But I. I'm I'm glad that we had that experience because we never see that, that community. They said so much about it, yeah. You know, but, they said you know, a lot about it. I I just like I like the movie, and I I I didn't know what to expect from it, and and so, but I like Alexander Skarsgård, and I know where he Love comes him. from and his lineage, you know, from True Blood and all the other stuff that he's done. But I think that, and even his role in Lady Gaga's video, where he still. He still has that thing. There's what, something. What video is he in? He was in the one where she's in the wheelchair. She's uh, oh, yeah. where she poisons him. Yeah, 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 yeah. I remember. Whatever that damn song is, but <laughs> he still he captivated that video. Yeah. And I think that is something to be said about his power as an actor, because literally the camera just hung on his face. Yeah. You know what I mean? He was beaten up. He was tortured. He was abused. There's a lot of texture. And and everything was happening. And even the scene with he and Paul Rudd, where he didn't speak, they didn't, he didn't have any dialogue. Mm-mm. But there was so much power in that fight scene. And, and you know, Paul, Paul Rudd carried the scene oh, vocally. Yeah. Yes, but vocally. But the, the combination of the two of them in that room. Yeah. And the, and, and we're not spoiling it, but the ending of that was a, was yes. crazy too. Yes. It was also silent kind of. Yes, and it was just beautiful. And it was just, you heard breathing sounds yeah. and yeah, gasping gurg- for air. Gurgling. Just, it, was, it, was, it was beautiful in that way. And the camera movement, the camera movement was good because it was yeah. about, once again, pans and tilts. Pans and tilts and two, uh, two, two shots. Yes, all, all the time. And so they kept yeah. the action framed in a certain way. Yeah. And then they would use action on screens and stuff. Like mm-hmm. when you'd see what was happening in the child's room. Yeah, from the monitor and such like yeah, that. Yeah, there were a lot of monitors. Yeah, there was there was a lot of technology at play that kind of made me feel like Blade Runner at first, like yeah. when the the movie first started, where you saw him moving around the city, and it sure. was very Blade Runner esque yes. with the colors and the texture mm-hmm. and the rain 
and there was just so many little elements there. But I think that, you know, finally we're getting a, a chance for filmmakers to to, to kind of take some risk and they have and options to push some buttons. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think that it's good to see that. And and we have other options other than theatrical releases and that yeah. you can just put some stuff out there yeah, for, sure. for people to see. And actors are getting more of a chance to do some stuff that's more risky because it's yeah. not what's traditionally accepted in Hollywood and, right. and what Hollywood is trying to push out there. Because how many sequels, how many <laughs> superheroes, how many reboots can we watch? Right. You know, it's, it's, it's actually encouraging to see other kinds of stories. Well, I think, like, these online platforms, like Netflix, like Hulu, like Amazon, um, even YouTube Red, mm-hmm. they, they're opening up the doors to accessibility, from yeah. accessibility to filmmakers in order to get various forms of distribution, accessibility to actors who would normally be placed in certain films there's right. accessibility to that and there's accessibility to to the fans right um not everybody can get to a theater and not everybody can afford a theater yeah and i and i and you know because we live in new york we're, we're here in new york we're guys. a little spoiled about that. we're we're spoiled because we get a lot of access to a lot of film and a lot of you know these kinds of things Art but house, big i know time, i know little. people who live in new jersey who want to access short films and right. And different kinds of stuff that don't actually get it, right. and if and we're that close. Right. So my thing is, if you live in the middle of America and down right. south, exactly. and you know all these different places, it's got to be much harder. But I'm, I'm glad yeah. that the film world is opening up to looking at television and the yes. streaming media to do these kinds of things because television is not really doing it anymore. No. They're not really taking the risk. But the good thing is, no. well, some shows Just are. Just cable. Yeah, cable is. Cable and, is. And some of the shows, but broadcast television is not necessarily taking a risk sometimes. So it's, it's good that we have some options. And I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that more virgining filmmakers and actors and, and people are really, producers are really trying to push the gamut and, and just to see what we can create out here. Absolutely. You know, and I think that, I don't, you know, I'm trying to think about music and, and all those kinds of textures in the film, but they really, they it didn't really focus on a lot of that because it was really about the performance, though. No, they did focus on music. But where was it? The music was in his apartment when he was by himself. He uh, listened to that record. And yes, it, yes. It, it added a lot of um, a lot of mood and tone to, okay. the, to okay. the scene because something had to exist around him. Because he was so silent. Because he was so silent. Yeah. So there was a lot of sound and there was a lot of music and a lot of texture. How did I miss that? Because I guess I was focused on the well, visual. Probably the visual, because the visuals are stunning. But yeah. when he, there was a scene when he was drawing that. Oh, that, yes, yes, yes. Drawing those yes. dolphins. Mm-hmm. And he was an artist. So he, right. he drew a lot. And so whenever that was in play, they would play that music always when he was by himself. He, right. Okay. He so that's it. That's it. Because it probably also added like conversation for mm-hmm. him, you know. Because he wasn't talking. Because he wasn't talking. Okay. And he, since he was Amish, and even though he was sort of um, anti-technology. Well, he was anti-technology to an extent. He was. I felt like in both movies, in both this and Red Sparrow, they were very traditional people. But with a little bit of a twist to the modern, like okay. they would hold tight to their ideals that they were raised on. Mm-hmm. Like uh, in the movie Scarsgard, 
Amish's character, Leo, still dressed like an Amish man. Yes. And he really didn't use technology. I mean, his girlfriend introduced him to some technology. and Just he, to communicate with just him. Just to communicate mm-hmm. with him when she wasn't around, um, which we're all used to. Right. But, you know, uh, he still holds sway to, like, carpentry and, like, uh, the sort of, like, swimming and this breathing technique he had with the water and right. like it's all these little things he he sort of implemented to stay connected to his tradition right. even though he was living outside of the enclave mm-hmm. of of the Amish right right um so yeah so they had some some interesting um connections i thought it was a, a nice little play for me i just thought i thought the film was really good mm-hmm. <clears throat> i watched it uh by the way I had a little issue, so we didn't post our our record and post our film. I'm our film, our show right away. So excuse me for the delay, guys. That was me, but we're back. So while I was out, I had a little time to to watch this film um, from home, and I didn't know much about it. But Vaughn recommended it because he said, "Oh, we need to pick a film," and he said, oh, "Well, let's do Mute." And um, took a look at it, and I thought it was... I didn't hear anything about it, so I thought it was way better than I sort of perceived it to be. Um, I really enjoyed its sort of Blade Runner-esque feel. It's very Philip K. Dickish sci-fi, world crime drama type of feel. You know, I did like um, Alexander Skarsgård, as we said, role really well, and I, I, I think that it's really hard to play someone who is mute or has some sort of physical disability, and I think to to embrace it in such a way as to take it onto yourself is just a tremendous act for yeah, actors. Yeah, definitely did. I mean, because it's like, I kid kidded with you last episode about the whole Drake thing, but that's something that you embrace as a person that uh, yes, has a disability. With, with a disability, yeah. You embrace that because yeah. it looks genuine to you, and mm-hmm. I'm sure someone who was, who was mute could really relate to him because it seemed pretty damn genuine, yeah, yeah. his disability. So it's just like, I I just think tremendous kudos goes to him in all of this, just from this aspect of him taking it on as a person with a disability and an actor. Right. So like he's embodying that on top of the, 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 the trauma of like losing a girlfriend, having to figure out the world without being able to speak and... And and not using technology and it's just it's just it's an actor. He right. is he gets kudos because it is not an easy task. Right, and and, and just to to carry a movie for basically an hour and a half. Yeah, he totally carried it without using words. Without words, you know, there was just so much happening there, and and like I said, and it was a very physical movie. It's a very violent, very movie. physical movie, and and. He just he just did it and and um, shout out to the disability folks out there. Seriously, you know, like I said, it, it's a struggle daily. But I think that he he did something in this role that speaks to what you can do. Yes, because he actually had a he had a job. Yes. he was taking care of himself. He was handling his life. Yeah, he had he a girlfriend. He had a girlfriend. You know, he did what he had to do. There are no limits when you really got to get down to it. Yeah. So, and I think that he represented that well. Sure, he's not an, an actual disabled actor, right. and that's another fight we got to have with Hollywood. But you know, right. we got to get there because there's still ain't enough blacks, Asians, Latinos, or women <laughs> working in Hollywood. Yeah. So we got a long fight to a 
fight as fight. disabled people. But, you know, speaking as a person with a disability, I know that it's not hard to represent that. So I think that he really did that in a way that was was very powerful and yeah. very subtle. I agree. And even in the moments where you, you know It seemed effortless. It it was it was it was because it felt like it was natural. Right. It didn't feel like it was put upon right. and, and it, it didn't placate it. Yeah. Because they didn't really focus on it. No, he was a it person. was part of his life. He was a person right. dealing with this situation. Right. And even when people would ridicule him and persecute him with his disability, he still surpass that he surpassed and i think that and he didn't he didn't focus on that and the film didn't focus on that no so i think that what was interesting about it was the fact that you know it it held our attention yes it held our you know what i mean and i think that i'm hoping that one day hollywood television film music and all these other Things that we consume mm. will will see us people with disabilities right. as viable stories to tell. Viable stories because we viable all have citizens. exactly we we have something to tell. We we live our lives every day, every day. and anything can happen to any one person. Yes. You know, and you don't have to be a vet. You don't have to be a superhero. You don't have to have superpowers. Yes. You don't have to be the magical unicorn in the room. Yes. You just have to be. And, you know, we're, we're finally telling different stories. Because I know this would have been a hard sell to studios. Oh, they wouldn't have made this. To, to make this kind of film. And they would have been like, we need more We need more tits and ass. We need right. more cursing. You didn't really get, you didn't really have that. I want him to eventually, like, do a soliloquy. Right, and, and, like, and, no. and the women, you know, the woman, the lead female in the film, yeah. she was a very strong woman. Yeah, her you know name I mean? was uh, Zainab Salah. Right. She had, a, she, had a, she had a personality. She had a fight. She was, she was fighting to the end to, to take yeah. care of her family and yeah. to be with the man that she loved. Yeah. And, and, you know, she wasn't a shrinking violet. In no, this, she wasn't. In this, you know, almost poke it wasn't post-apocalyptic, but it was. No, it was. It was it a was very futuristic. It, it was very futuristic in the way, you know, where you know she was a worker in a in a in a bar. She, yeah, she was a she was a waitress. Right in the same bar as Leo. And of course, her her gay friend. A gay friend, yeah. I'm 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 still trying to understand that because he was he was a little. He had a lot of he had a lot of life. He was it, a little bit of everything. Is, his name is Luba. Right. He was a little bit of everything, and I thought it was interesting how they would give us a little taste of him. And when he was, there was a moment when he was in drag, but I actually didn't recognize him. Well, they had so much because he had prosthesis breasts on, right? But they had so much going on. If you think about Nadira, which was Leo's girlfriend, she was Muslim. Right. Leo had no no voice. He was disabled. He was mute. This person was trans, Luba. Right. There was so much fucking levels to this right. shit. It was just like, wow. And like, even like you're saying about Leo, like Leo had levels. Leo right. was an artist who was also an Amish dude. Right. Who also didn't fuck with technology. And who also think had an about affair. think like, about Paul Rudd. Yeah. And his relationship with Justin Thoreau. Yeah. They had a very it was very homoerotic. They had a very homoerotic yeah, relationship, definitely. but they were just best friends, and they were in the military. Mm-hmm. You know, there was this whole military element. But yeah. you're like, well, what is like what's, what's happening with them? Right, what's really happening here? And to the fact that Dustin Thoreau, Dustin Justin Thoreau. Justin Thoreau's yeah. character had to explain 
their relationship. There was a monologue in the film yeah, where a, he actually explained, he explained it to somebody. his relationship. Yeah. And he actually ended up being a pedophile in a weird-ass way. Yeah, his creepy thing. This is like high marks go to uh, Paul Rudd for playing the super creepy, super psych... Not, actually, I'll, I'll take that back. Super psycho yes. ex-vet right? Um, who was trying to like flee Berlin because he was sort of AWOL. Right. And then... Uh, high marks also go to Justin Thoreau, who seems to always play a crazy, creepy, or weird character that makes you question him a little bit as to what is happening. I love that man. Um, <laughs> I, I don't He's know. So I just didn't talented. understand the need for his character to be so much a creep, but then you figure it out later He's on. So talented. Yeah, he's very talented, but it also scares me. It's the Stephen Lang theory, man. And he writes and the he creep acts. factor, man. It's just like, are are we gonna have sex? Are you gonna be, kill me? There would be no hangover films without Justin Thoreau. Uh, I didn't know that. That's that's him. Really? Mm. Oh, None of that would have happened. That says a lot more about his creepiness. I love him. And craziness. <laughs> but, I mean, I guess it, it was necessary for him to be that creepy in, in consideration with how horrible he, of a dude he was. Right. Um, not to give anything away, but, you know, he was really just a fucked up dude. Um, I want to speak a little bit about the, uh, the craft. Okay. Please do. So I really did like the special effects of it and uh, how, sort of how they built this world within a world, right? So it was like Leo's world within this futuristic world. Because like Leo didn't drive. He didn't do technology. He pretty much his vice was his girlfriend and his swimming. Right. And then but somehow he worked at like a nightclub at night. Mm-hmm. Like he was just so dynamic. So um, it was sort of doing this like de facto series of a story in an otherwise outlandish world like mm-hmm. this futuristic world right so what was amazing to me is like we we spoke a minute about a little bit about the music and how it affected leo's life and why i didn't hear any of the music at all right well <laughs> well but but you were you were enamored with his acting mm-hmm. and thus thus you were merged in it and so you lost track yeah. of all the elements because it was all working at the same time for you right and yet you because that's what happens with film. We, we discussed this in the last episode. It's like sometimes you get so immersed in a film that you miss out on all the magic that's happening right. because you are experiencing the magic. Right. You know, and how what they teach us to I do. I felt like I was a part of it. Yeah, you felt like you And that's what film is supposed to do. Mm-hmm. It's supposed to bring you in and, and get you lost in this world. Right. And if it's doing that, even to people like us who who have studied this, who have worked in this field. Right. If we get lost, you are killing the game right now. Because that's true. we can't see what you're doing. That's true. We got so immersed in the character and the story and the world that you've created that we lost it all. Because I felt like I was actually a part of the, that world. Yeah. And, and I, you I know, love it, it when that happens. It's weird because, you know, we've seen a lot of films that were yes. kind of set in Germany and Berlin and yes. whatever. And there's, there's a very, for me... It mm-hmm. speaks to it. It's, it says very cold, very distant. Oh, very cold. It it it, it doesn't resonate with me in the way that. But it's a part of my culture and no, being. Yeah, but it, it feels very 
there's like a loneliness, a there sadness a total to loneliness. it. Same thing goes on in Red Sparrow. A coldness. I I, I always feel that because I definitely with Red Sparrow, but I, I, I definitely coldness. I don't I don't really get why people live there. But I get. I mean, they were born there. You know, that's their like thing. African Americans. But like, I, I just don't. I don't really understand <laughs> it. But I'm like, okay, well, it this just seems very void of. Of Void of joy. Of joy and energy <laughs> and life and sunshine. But, somehow, but you know what? But but create it. You know, all these these countries seem to be the happiest places on the on the planet. The for happiest people. fucking. But places. I think it's because it's cold and but, barren. Feeling. But the most open too, it seems, except yeah. for Russia. Right. But um, <laughs> right. in terms of Germany, I mean, they have a dark past, but they've embraced their dark past and moved forward with right. it. And they seem to have very open ideals about sexuality about um well now they do and about uh race relations uh integration it it right. seems to be so it's 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 growing and changing it's but, evolving in a way that right but they're also to. very old right old yeah. we're young what are we 250 yeah america 250 know. years sorry something like that we're babies we're still trying we're to get still there. rocking diapers and similac in this bitch they right. drinking bourbon and vodka over there <laughs> Right. <laughs> Their fucking kids is like, bitch, pass me my, pass my cigarette real quick. Right, right. What you talking about? I'm 13, I feel like bitch. I need to have a drink right now and a smoke. I'm about to fight well, the war. I'm actually having a drink right now. <laughs> but yeah, but so like I thought like the overall acting uh, uh, collaboration of all the departments, the music, the lighting, um, cinematography, right? Lighting, cinematography mm-hmm. go hand in hand. Art direction, costumes. Totally amazing. I mean, I think they played a lot on like also uh, the craft of editing. So they did a lot of jump cuts and a yeah. lot of play in time and space. And then when we go back into cinematography, we talk about angles and composition yeah. and, and storytelling. You know, uh, there was plenty of twists in the storytelling, I think, which um, I quite enjoyed. Yeah. And I thought, and you know, I, I re- there was just so much that I did not expect. Like the yeah. whole point that you know, Paul Rudd's character was really a mobster's oh, yeah. doctor. Like, he would take care of people and make sure right. they were, you, you know, would think he healed was a the gangster. injuries and stuff. Like, he was very gangsterish, And, you know, he when just, he was a fucking he'd come in with his swag, talking a bunch of shit, smoking his cigars, yeah. you know, torturing people just for yeah. the fun of it. Just, and even Justin Thoreau's torture at the end, I was yeah. like, there are so many. And, you know, in, in this film, he had the look of Owen Wilson, Yes. And I think there's something to be said about that. You look like this all-American white guy, Sedate. blonde hair, you know, and like, but you're very dangerous and very deadly. Yes. You know what I mean? And, Andrew Cunanan, weren't we just talking about right. that? Right, and, and it's that. just like, you are so deadly on that low-key tip. Yeah. And I'm like, where did this come from? And as I was yeah. watching, I was like, I really did not expect all of this no, it was so from much, this film. The world was so dynamic and like built into that's what I'm saying. There was such a world within a world within a world. Right. Everyone had a character and everyone had a right. had a well complex thought out world. Yeah. And you experienced each one of those and you were like, Oh, what the fuck? What's happening here? And you felt like you what for me, I yeah. felt like I knew I knew something about them and I understood yeah why they got to where they are at, in the present point in this movie. Right. And and even when, you know, as they started layering in stuff about Paul Rudd's character and yeah. his military career, right. like they did that in photos. Yeah, they did do that in photos. So just in met, so there and, are so many and, films that we yeah. watch 
because I'm still lost in shape of water about this damn fish <laughs> bitch, you know, and how <laughs> she wanted to have sex with, with a fish bitch, you <laughs> know. But I'm like, okay, but <laughs> I got so much of his. I understood him as a character, right? Even and Justin Theroux, the the girl from the film, right? Uh, uh, she paid Leo as the guard, even the fucking little girl. Luda, the I little got, girl was dynamic. Too. I got so much yeah. from this one Netflix film, folks. Netflix is the that I did show. not get. Yes, in in some of these fucking Oscar winners, yeah, no. but you know they gave it to us, they and I'm like, well, how does this happen? Yeah, I agree with you. I think that there were lots of little throw-ins too. I think, um, like you know, because uh, I'm assuming because of Moon, Sam Rockwell was thrown in. He did a brief cameo as the A World soldier on on trial. Oh, and then there was like clones of him or something that was kind of weird. But yeah, he was the A World soldier. That was like all over the news. Oh, that's what they were. That that's, was oh because wow. Remember, in this world, a lot of uh, soldiers were running AWOL from America, and I guess and they, they would show and it was it was the news and stories, and then it was those Paul newspaper Rudd was one of them. clippings, right? Paul, okay, I get Paul it. Paul Rudd was one of them, so you know everybody was sort of running. So I thought that was a nice little throwback to like Moon, you know, which, a little homage, which sort of like homage, which which what I was saying before was that. Um, I'd read about it, and this was probably like his his emotional sequel to Moon, Duncan okay, Jones. Gotcha, so gotcha. it was kind of like what they were going to. So, but anyway, I digress, and I say this: Netflix is damn near free, and if you don't have it, someone else fucking has it. Right, get somebody password. Go to their house and watch it, or get their password, <laughs> or get their password, because this was a damn good movie. And there's a few more on there, like The Outsider, and there was a, a few series that I saw that I was interested in. Netflix oh, yeah. is not to be lost. It is a viable source of content. And I think, what do you have to lose? It may very well surprise you. Watch this film. Open your goddamn minds up. All now right. let's go to a film that I really did not like. I it's liked called it. Red Sparrow. We're gonna go to the opposite Just side ask of me actors. The question. Oh, Can you oh pass me Alex, you're here. Alex, hey Alex, you fucking fell asleep. What's going on, Alex? <laughs> Hey, Alex didn't see any of the films. I saw Annihilation. No one else. That's not on the list, but we'll add it in. You know. (laughs) Pass me a napkin, please. Red Sparrow got a shit review. Hey, hey, hey. You don't listen to it. So we're going to talk about the opposite. We're going to talk about the opposite of actors. Oh. Uh, Jennifer That's not a napkin, babe. That's a lemon. It is. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Alex thinks. Napkins or lemons, but it's this okay. Black skimmer's got me a little turned. This black, <laughs> this black skimmer. By we, the way, we also haven't really eaten a lot. This so. black skimmer <laughs> has got the the cast and crew here lit right now. Um, I'm not even doing that today. I'm just shout dunk, out, shout out to Mo out. again. It's fucking me up, Mo. Pompette. Pompette. In Harlem. That's right. Check what cross out. street? What's the cross street? Hundred thirty first street in Lenox. There you go, baby. That's it. Come and see him. All right, anyway, so let's, let's get on. to this girl. All right, so this, we'll this, move on. This girl in drag, uh, Jennifer Lawrence. I disagree, but we'll go into oh that. Oh, my God. Go ahead, okay, so Tell us about the film. Red Sparrow. It's about a ballerina, Dominica, who is recruited to go to Sparrow School. School. I'm sorry. 
She wasn't really recruited, so I don't know what this little synopsis thing is about. But anyway, she's recruited to go to Sparrow School, which is a Russian intelligence service where she is forced to use her body as a weapon. Directed by Francis Lawrence, and this guy's from Belgium. So it's spelled Joe Willems, but I'm going to say it's Yo Willems. What do you think, Alex? Don't know. Okay, so let's say Joe. <laughs> so anyway, Thanks, so Alex. Joe Willems. I'll say it's Joe. Joe Willems has um has done a lot of films that I think we all know. Hard Candy, Hunger Games, Limitless, and he even did American Gods, which was like Damn, all those all those things were good. All of those things. What were the good. fuck happened? I, <laughs> I need you to turn in your card. No, no, no. He was not the film writer, he was the cinematographer. The, the, oh, he had to film this tragedy. Yeah, this is the, the the writer in well the director anyway. I'm not gonna say the writer. The director is uh, Francis Lawrence. Bye. <laughs> but they, I mean, they had like they had a writer named Jason Matthews who kill yourself. Based upon the book, and then the screenplay was done by a guy named Justin Haith. Okay, go so read the I book, mean, folks. I don't know. I'm assuming, but see, um, so Francis Lawrence did like I Am Legend, The Hunger Games. Constantine. So I can see all that because this movie was kind of dark. Oh, that's why she was casting it because of Hunger Games. Well, because of Hunger Games, they worked with her before in a bunch of films. And um, yeah, they did, the two of them did all of Hunger Games together. Oh, no, but he did Beyonce. In the world. I'm just saying. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anyway, well, all I right. Digress. All right. So um, let's 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 get just get to this bullshit. Do you want me to start, or shall you start? You start because you got something nice to say about it. And <laughs> I'm gonna finish it up. Okay. Dark as fuck, but I did like uh, I did like some of the cinematography. I thought that I kept saying to myself though, is this dark? This or? wasn't dark. This was some bullshit. It, it was dark and dreary, but I think it was dark and dreary because it was representative of Berlin and sort of like. No, it was, I'm not Berlin, I apologize, of Russia, because this took place in Russia. Um, Russia and... Because she went to Berlin, and that's Budapest, what you think about Berlin, yeah. right. Uh, Russia, Budapest, um, and so those are sort of like Eastern European, like yeah. dark, dreary, cold, cold wet. places, wet. Not really um, comforting. The worst thing I have to say about this movie is, I don't She think was in it. Jennifer Lawrence, first of all, I'm a Jennifer Lawrence fan, I'm not going to fuck with that. But, I'm going to say... Babe, don't do anything else that requires you to have a Any European kind of accent. accent. <laughs> you have to do things that are American or that are fucking... Like anything American you can do. You could fuck up a New York accent real good. You could fuck up a Southern because you're from Kentucky or something, right? Yeah, yeah. You can do all that. Play Americans all motherfucking day. Maybe even Brits a little. But don't do any more Russians because you can't... You know, your accent... I, Fucking First of all, I just sat there, like literally, and I saw it very early in the morning. And, I, and I'm, I'm sorry. Me too. I just saw it at 10 o'clock. I'm sorry, film fans. I saw it at 10 o'clock in the morning on a Saturday. And I was like, what the, f like, why is this bitch in drag? Like, anytime she was on the screen in her little brown wig and in her little ballerina <laughs> outfit, I was like, I was so bored with her trying to <laughs> portray this Russian woman because the thing about it, she doesn't have that. Right. She doesn't have that Russian woman thing. So when we... Yeah. It, it, it just disturbed me. She and, wasn't. And until she transformed 
into the blonde chick that she ended up being. Right. I was like, okay, now I can watch you. Because everybody else in this film was ten times better than her. Well, because it was all the heavy hitters. You had like, um, you had Charlotte Rampling, you had Jeremy Irons, you had Joel Edgerton. Uh, even that guy who played her, her uncle, uncle. Joel Edgerton was in Bright. That's yes, just, he was. Yeah, he was That's in Bright. Shout out to Joel Edgerton who made Bright the best thing on that fucking stupid ass goddamn movie in Netflix. But I never but Mute was ten times better than that. So watch Mute. But uh, yeah, Joel Edgerton is a motherfucking actor, and so was was uh, Charlotte Charlotte Rampling, Rampling and Jeremy Irons. Jeremy Irons and the guy who played the uncle. The uncle. His name was uh, Mateus. And I'm really going to mess up your name. I'm really sorry because you're a Belgian actor and I cannot pronounce Shonarts. Shonarts? I'm going to go with that. Alex, I'm going to need you to catch up on some of these films so you can pronounce some of these words and <laughs> some of these actors' But names. even Mary Louise uh, Parker was in this. Oh, and she was good in that. She was but you know she what it is? She had a brief scene. But she, she had a very, good. it was cool oh, in a way. Um, um, is it Syrian? Syrian Hines? Who was he? He was... Um, Zarkarov, he was the uh, the chief. Oh yeah, yeah, he was good. He's been in a lot of shit too. Yeah, but the the whole thing is, every actor in this film was ten times better than her because she. The problem with Jennifer Lawrence, Jolie Richardson was in it. Too. Yes, who played the mother, who was yes. fantastic. Yeah, she was. She's fantastic, good. and that's why this film has so much texture and is so much better than Jennifer Lawrence. I wish they would have cast an actress who could have carried this film. I just film. think that we we could have not given she, Jennifer Lawrence an accent. She it might have been okay. I could not, I, I can't look at her and see her in this kind of role. She was not <laughs> this woman. And, and you know, the sad thing is, it's like this 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 movie had that all the potential of those, you know, espionage thrillers. Like, like Atomic Blonde. You know, not even Atomic Blonde, but it, it, it had the thriller component. Well, it was, you know, you wanted that Cold War kind of situation. It was the Cold War double agent Right, spy but she thing. is not that woman. She's the yeah, wrong actress for this film. She's got to play Americans. I'm just going to, I fucking love her. I know you I do. fucking love you, Jennifer Lawrence. I'm and sorry. you fucking killed so many of these scenes. Your scene about fucking like Excuse taking me. off your clothes and just doing your thing in certain parts, and I'm not saying that as a sexual thing, she owned a lot of these scenes. But it was the getting to it that kind of slowed it down. I mean, I think, I mean, we must, I mean, I think Charlotte Rampling killed it. She did these parts where she was like, and this is sort of reminiscent of what's going on today. Yeah. They were sort of like setting themselves up to sort of take down the West. And yeah. it was sort of like we must be once again in a place where we are the head of nations. You know what I mean? And like Charlotte Ramplin's Russian accent was cool. Jeremy Irons' Russian accent was banging. Um, you know, but hers was not. And Edgington even had an American accent. He he's had not an American. American. He's not American. Yeah, but I don't. I don't know. I. I mean, I like her, and I was rooting for her, and I thought the film was good. Everybody's even, always rooting for her ass. I need people to stop rooting for her ass. I'm rooting and just for tell her because she stick, does stay she, in your lane. But she is a good actress. This just wasn't for her. I think this. This Russian. She is a good actress. I think she's a good actress. I think she's. I think she's, Alexander Skarsgård had two words. Okay, but that doesn't throughout a whole the whole film fact that she's done good work. 
You don't oh, think she's oh, done yeah. any good work? Playbook was good. Yeah, Playbook was yeah, good. Yeah, Playbook Passengers was good. Passengers was good. Winner's Bone was good. Winner's but Bone was good. But she's not. She's not an actress. She's a Hollywood star. <laughs> she was and good there in is American a difference. Hustler. No, she wasn't. You didn't think so? No. The okay. what what we see in her, she is the Tom Cruise. No fucking of way. Acting. Come she on, is Tom the Cruise. Female Tom Cruise. No, man. She was good in Mother. You even said that. No, she wasn't. I did not say she was good in Mother. I, I said know, she man. did her best Mia Farrow interpretation. She did. She, she was, was good in Joy. Good in, she was good in Joy. She, I mean, come on. She was acting, good yo. in Joy. Eh. The house at the end of the street she was good in. I remember I that I never one. saw that. She was good in a lot of... She was in, she was in The Beaver with um, Jodie Foster. The Beaver. Okay, Mel folks, Gibson. The Beaver. The Beaver. I mean, that's a little playing words. The Beaver. No. But. The Beaver. No. <laughs> she, I, no one saw that good. but you, Tawana. No people saw it. Who who saw the beaver? <laughs> Nobody knows about the beaver. Okay, <laughs> but the point is, I just think I think she I think she has talent. I don't think she can do every movie. She's not Meryl Streep. Even Meryl Streep can't do every fucking movie. Let's be honest. But she she I think she's good in what she does. Like Silver Lines Playbook, she killed that shit. She was good in in in. Uh... What's that damn thing? The passengers. She was good in passengers she too. She was good in passengers because those are roles that are for her. This little not simple a role ass blonde white chicks. She no, can do, she wasn't. She simple. can do simple ass blonde white but chicks all day. She wasn't simple. She was. She wasn't simple, and neither was she was in Silver Linings Playbook. She had a mental illness. And she, she had she a mental illness, but she was fuck. complex. She could say some crazy ass lines. But it wasn't just about be- being crazy. It was in embodying a certain thing. If you think she was good in it, you can't say she was good in it and then chop her down. She's either good and she was not. She was good in it, but it wasn't that deep. Like, we didn't delve into her mental illness, really. We just said, oh, this bitch crazy, but she cute and she pretty and she gets away with a lot of shit. Let's just admit. So you're just chopping up all this. But let's admit that she gets away because she's pretty. Okay, let's just go there. No doubt. It's like Jennifer Aniston in everything she does. Well, Jennifer Aniston we haven't seen in a minute. No one cares. Great boobs. But, but, yes. Great boobs. (laughs) But (laughs) what was good, she was good. She is good in, I think, American roles. I don't think she's good in foreign roles where she plays people from other countries because I, I don't buy her accent. Maybe she needs to work on her accent work. I think if her accent got better and she could really pull that off a little more, maybe it would have been all right. Because she did do the um the ballerina work in this. That was cool. She ain't did none of that shit. She they did just, too. You just, fucking saw her face. I it don't was like believe, Black Swan. I saw, excuse me, I just I just sat in on a on a production's work with how they did I, Tanya. Yeah. And Half of that shit is all post. So we didn't really see her face. Let's be clear. I didn't see Her fat it. ass turned around and she did nothing. Who's she, fat? She, excuse me. She's not fat. I was going to say, who's she fat? fat? Her body is unbelievable. Excuse me. And she's got the most natural woman's body I've seen in film in a while. Oh, all these flat ass are, and some hips. Okay, that girl didn't it. have no flat ass. That girl did not have no flat ass. I'm telling you this as a lesbian. Lesbian. Lesbian <laughs> from the planet um, of... Uh, the planet of lesbian girl. The planet of sapphic, <laughs> straight off the Wonder Woman <laughs> Islands of... Uh, what was Wonder Woman's Island? I forgot. Anyway, she's a... Wherever, wherever Wonder Woman was. Fellow, fellow Diane <laughs> Amazon bitch. 
<laughs> she has some ass and she has breasts and okay. she had a perfect woman's like stomach. So you were focused on all that as opposed to her performance. No, that and her performance. That was just a nice little cherry on top. Oh, that was your cherry, but that was my all cherry. I said was, okay, <laughs> until she became blonde in the movie and looked like herself, it, that's the only time I started I paying attention to her. I mean, I mean, for you. I mean, I thought... For, I just need more from I, her. I know, she, I agree. She's getting, too much, she's getting too much credit. She's getting too many opportunities. Or she needs an ugly be, role like Winter's Bone. Right, she's not doing it. And, and she's yeah. no Charlize Theron. She is not Shirley Stone. And I need her to step her game up a little bit. And when she goes and, like, she does all these talk show circuits and all these things. Well, because her personality. She's basically drunk. And we're watching her personality. She's drunk all the time. She just, she just, it's (laughs) her personality. I know she's been drinking some black skimmer like we're having today. Because she's a Kentucky girl. She's a Kentucky girl. So she knows bourbon. I know her ass is drinking a bunch of bourbon Bourbon and going on these talk shows. And trying to sell these bullshit films. She's she from did. Louisville, no less. I know she's. A, I know Louisville because I'm. I'm. A, I'm a damn Kentucky Colonel. For all those people from Kentucky. Fun. She's only twenty seven. So let's give her a little bit to grow. I am so tired I mean, of these young I'm ass a, motherfuckers listen, trying I'm gonna to, say to explain. You, oh, I'm, I'm whack because I'm young. No, she's not Fuck whack you. because she's young. Fuck but you. I think there have been she, a whole lot of actors and actresses who are young and, and still doing their thing. I agree. That fucking boy from. I know, Timothy Chalamet. Call Me By Your Name yeah. and, and, and Lady Bird and all them other yeah. movies. That so motherfucker so. can act. Circles around that bitch. I know, I know. Okay, but so I, I need her to step her game up. I think that her game is is real, but I think this was a bad choice in roles, and I think that someone else could have did this. I'm hoping and she took this role to lead her to something bigger and I, better. I think this was like, they're probably like, boom, here's this role. You're surrounded by a bunch of heavy hitters. Let's do it. Let's do it. So, like, you know, I think that she can really do it. I think that, I'm. let's, let's say this real quick. I was totally intrigued by it. For those who don't hate Jennifer Lawrence, I was. Uh, I, it's it. It had reminiscent themes of Atomic Blonde, but it is not Atomic Blonde. Hell no. I, and like I said, I think J Lo can J Lo J Law, <laughs> as you say, Jennifer Lawrence can only do American roles for now, I guess. And anything else is, is just too much right now. So I think overall, I personally enjoyed it, and I think there were moments where we probably could have like changed something here or there, but. Listen, you got movie pass. She check needs to it go out. back to TV comedy. No, she was never even into. She was in a TV show back in the day. Yeah, but not that wasn't her solid thing. She needs to go back to that. Nah, nah. That's that's her. Let's not let's not throw the baby out with the bathwater. Bye. She's not She's useless. Dead. dead. Done. All right, so we'll agree to disagree. You hate it. I yeah. liked it. Go see it if you want to. <laughs> if you got nothing else to do on a Sunday afternoon, and listen, HBO. if you got movie pass and you're a fan, I say check it out. And it'll be on HBO, no doubt. All right, so what are we? Um, we're wrapping this up. Yeah. What's the next film? What's the next film? Is uh, Love Simon. Love Simon. And Alex. Since you've barely participated, what's the other film? That Steven Spielberg thing you have Ready to see. Ready Play One. Ready Play Ready One. Ready Play One. Only, only a New Zealand or an Australian guy can say one like that, too, by the way. And one. I'll be killing myself <laughs> during the screening. <laughs> but we're going to see it. We're going to check it out. So, you know, if you have enjoyed this episode, please like and share and follow us on all our social media platforms. We're on Facebook, we're on Instagram, we're on Twitter, we're on SoundCloud. And make sure you use the hashtag BBM Podcast 
And on all the social medias, we are Beer Bourbon in a Movie. So we've enjoyed you. We're glad you're here. We've enjoyed each other. We've enjoyed each other. Vaughn's enjoyed some Black uh, Skimmer. Black Skimmer. And uh, thanks for showing up, film fans. This is Beer Bourbon and a Movie. See you next time. See you next time.